I'm a grandpa, and I follow the little Instagram stories of my grandchildren. So, so this week it was sweet to see one of my little grandchildren, one of our little grand buddies, and little, little Aiden Redemption was learning to ride a bike. He, he got on his little bike and just took off. He's really good at it. No training wheels, nothing. Just took off on his little bike. And we just chuckled as we watched our phones. We saw that little boy just buzzing around, waiting for his daddy to come home to show him that he was riding his bike. Now, the next, uh, the next picture we got was a picture of him with tears in his eyes, and his little bottom lip was all swelled up because he fell off of his bike. And our hearts broke, and I thought, get the boy back on his bike right away so that he doesn't, so he's not afraid. And sure enough, not too long after that, there was another picture and, and a report that he had gotten back on his bike. You know, God's people have God's spirit living within them. And because they have God's spirit living in within us, it doesn't mean that we're not going to take a spill or go through a hard time or get a bump on our head or a fat lip or a financial reversal or a difficult marriage or a marriage that ends or all the other kinds of heartaches that can happen, sickness or even, God forbid, death. But because we have God's Holy Spirit, we live different than other people. And we have uh, within us a powerful strength to face difficulty. Well, I don't know what it's like at your house. It's been, it's been pretty, pretty nice at our house because I haven't been leaving early in the morning. I've been staying around, and that means I get my eggs fried for me in the morning, and I like that. A little crisp bacon and my eggs fried for me, and Lois is really good at frying eggs. I, I haven't got her talked into making my coffee yet, so do pray for me and the hardship that I face there. But she does make the eggs and she makes the bacon. And that's so pleasant. Now, if I get in the kitchen with her while she's doing that, sometimes she'll say something like, hmm, we need a bigger house. We really need a bigger house. Which I take to mean, get out of my way. You are irritating me. I don't know what it's like at your house, but here's what I'm hearing from people. People love each other, and they're getting on each other's nerves a little bit with this quarantine. I like to watch football. Remember that when we had football? And I, I would watch Kirk Herbstreet calling a football game when the teams were getting to, when they got to fighting after the play a little bit, and Kirk Herbstreet would say, ooh, they're getting a little chippy today. And I have a feeling that in a lot of our, even our Christian homes, Things are getting a little chippy. And so because of that, I want to share with you something that would be very practical and will be very helpful about, about your home. Because so that your home would have the Spirit of God upon it. I want you to think about something. In a moment, we're going to turn uh, to Galatians uh, and chapter 5. And there are extensive notes on this message that are on your app there, you can look up on the Bethel website, look at those notes. But I want you to ask yourself a question as you think about what is your home like? And what is the spirit of your home? What is the, and not just the atmosphere of your home, but the spiritual 
temperature of your home? What is the spirit that pervades your home? What is your home like? Think about this. Each of us, by, by walking in the spirit, we can contribute to the spirit of our home. We can't control the spirit of our home because we're not the only ones there. And other people can affect the spirit of their home. So there are other people that are there, and there are other forces, and there are other spiritual beings, and demons and angels can influence the spirit of a home. But what I want you to think about today is your own contribution to the spirit of your home. Think about this. What is the spirit of your home? Is there a spirit of tension in your home? Or is there a spirit of order? Is there a spirit of contention? Or is there a spirit of peace? Is there a spirit of selfishness in your home? Or is there a spirit of love? And by the way, if you're living alone, you can translate what I say today. I'm sure you're all grown up and whatnot. Is there a spirit of error in your home? Or is there a spirit of truth? Is there a spirit of heaviness in your home? Or is there a spirit of peace? Is there a spirit of sorrow in your home? Or is there a spirit of joy in your home? Is there a spirit of greed and covetousness in your home? Or is there a spirit of generosity and of giving in your home? Is there in your home a spirit of criticism or of encouragement, of courtesy or of rudeness, of excellence or of sloppiness and sloth? Is there a spirit of sensuality in your home? Or is there a spirit of purity in your home? Is there a spirit of uncleanness in your home? Or is there a spirit of holiness in your home? Think about that. And how have you con contributed to the spirit of your home? Today I'd like you to turn in your Bible or scroll in your app to Galatians in chapter 5. And we're going to see the difference between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. And we're going to think about the spirit of our home and how we can have a fragrant, beautiful, Christ-honoring, healthy, flourishing spirit in our home. Let's read the text. But I say, this is Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. But I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit, in a minute, a little bit later in the text, he's going to say, if you keep in step with the Spirit. If you are led by the Spirit, the Scriptures say, verse 18, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are the works of the flesh. While we're reading this, and while we're thinking about this passage, you should be thinking, which of these lists characterizes my home how am i contributing to the spirit of my home works of the flesh or the next list the fruit of the spirit now verse 22 says the fruit of the spirit is love joy 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. So now you've heard these two Holy Spirit-inspired lists, the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Which of them characterizes your home in these days? The works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit? Now, in good pastoral form, what I want to do this morning is I want to give you three, three ways from the Scriptures that your home can have the fragrance of Jesus upon it, that you can contribute to your home having the fragrance of Jesus upon it. And these are very simple things. The first one is this. Don't yield to the impulses of the flesh. Don't yield to the impulses of the flesh. In other words, don't do the kinds of things that are in the first list. Now, you, I know you know that. The text itself says that. You don't want to do these things. If you're a believer, it's likely that it, it, you had an interest in coming and lining up here today. It's not because you're eager to befoul your life with dirty things and be mean and unkind and, and uh, unchristlike and... And that, but why is it that we find ourselves going home with the people that we love the very most in the world and not being kind and not being gentle and not being selfless and not being thoughtful or not being pure, not being sacrificial? We're doing things we don't want to do. So the first thing is just this, and think about this. Don't yield to the impulses of the flesh, but rather this is number two. Obey the impulse of the Spirit. Now, you all, um, I have a friend whose name was Dan. He's with the Lord now. But Dan lived in Grand Haven. But he pastored in the Detroit area. And he said every Thanksgiving, he would, or on holidays, he would go from the Detroit area all the way over to Grand Haven. But he would go through Grand Rapids. And he said every time he went through Grand Rapids, he crashed his diet. He was a runner. He was thin. He was light on his feet. Ran six-minute miles back-to-back, back, 10 in a row. The guy was a pretty awesome guy. But he had this weakness that if he went through Grand Rapids, he couldn't get through Grand Rapids without stopping at Krispy Kreme. And he couldn't stop at Krispy Kreme without eating way more donuts than a human being really ought to eat. But here's what he told me. He said, Ken, one day it occurred to me that I never had trouble passing up Krispy Kreme on the way to Grand Haven on Thanksgiving. And the reason was, while I was driving through Grand Rapids on my way to Grand Haven for Thanksgiving, all I could remember was that table that would be laden with all those good things that my mother and my grandmother made for that Thanksgiving feast, and I had no trouble passing up the Krispy Kreme. And what Paul is writing here in Galatians will help us when it gets chippy in our home. 
And that is there are those, you know, there are those things that we tend to default to, you know, selfishness and anger and self-centeredness and, and impatience and being unkind. What are they called? Works of the flesh. You could call them crispy cream for the soul if you wanted to, clogging the arteries of your spirit. But the next passage is talking about all the things that are possible, the kinds of qualities that are possible in my life and in your life, moms, dads, and kids. The scriptures say it's possible for us to be controlled by the Holy Spirit and to walk in the Spirit. And if you look at your notes there, you see that your notes say, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Walking in the Spirit is continually obeying the impulses of the Spirit in the power of the Spirit, which leads to the fruit of the Spirit. This is a powerful dynamic. And you can go home and practice it in quarantine as soon as I'm done. Walk in the Spirit. Here's what God is going to do. God is so faithful that he is going to faithfully give us impulses. And those impulses are going to be to obey his word. Those impulses are going to be consistent with his word. They're things that are good and right and pure and wholesome and holy and fragrant. And he's going to continually give us those impulses because he's faithful to do that. If we saturate our minds with Scripture, those impulses come more frequently. But the Spirit is faithful. God's Spirit, He is faithful. To give a believer an impulse, and when that impulse comes and we obey it, we can trust that He will also not only give us the impulse, but He will empower us to obey the impulse that He gave us. And we can also know that the fruit of that is not going to be death, Later on in the passage, it says corruption, rottenness. It's not going to be death, but it's going to be life. It's going to bring life. So if you and I go home in quarantine and things get chippy and we yield to the impulses of the flesh, it's going to bring death to something really good. But when we go home and we are given that spiritual impulse, which is a great gift from the Lord, and we obey that impulse through the power, which is a great gift from the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Bible is that our homes will be fragrant with the fruit of the Spirit. And so, first way to have a fragrance in your home, the Spirit of your home, is not to yield to the impulse of the flesh. The second way, obviously, is to yield to the impulse of the Spirit. Now listen to me. This is super important. It's very important because you and I can't do this on a supernatural level unless we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And most of you know this. You don't have the Holy Spirit living in you until you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, trusted Him to forgive your sins. He then actually possesses you. Then you're possessed by the Holy Spirit. Probably some of you are here today, and you're a bit curious about what's going on, and you're listening, and you need to be born again. You need to put your faith and trust in Christ. And when you do, here are, here are three very powerful things that will happen. Number one, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, like I did when I was a little boy, I got down on my knees and just said, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I, be, I believe that you died on the cross, that you were buried, and you rose again for my salvation. I trust you. you. When that happens to you, your sins will be forgiven. All of them, past, present, and future, God will forgive your sins. 
Second, he will give you eternal life. Promise eternal life in heaven when you die. But here's a third thing, a very beautiful, powerful thing. He will help you change. It won't happen immediately overnight. In most cases, it will be a long process, but God will help you change. I have a friend, an acquaintance named Steve, and I noticed on Steve's Instagram that he put a rare picture up there yesterday. And the picture was of he and his father. They were both big Michigan fans. Here was Steve, and here was Steve's dad, a very elderly man, and obviously he probably had been through a lot of health problems. And there he was in his Michigan hat, and there he was in his Michigan shirt. And underneath of that picture, that beautiful picture, Steve wrote, I'm missing my dad today because he went home to be with the Lord. And then he put a beautiful testimony about how terrible their relationship was and how broken their relationship was and how insensitive his father had been and how harmful his father had been to him but then how God came into his dad's life and how his life was changed and how he became very sweet-spirited in his old age and tended to their relationship. And by the time he died, Steve and his dad were very close. You know, it's funny that I, I happened to scroll by that about 30 seconds after a dark cloud had come over my spirit. And I was thinking how rare it is for people to change and really change. But listen to me. If you believe in Christ as your Savior, your sins can be forgiven. You can have eternal life, and you can change. Before I go on, can I just appeal to you, if you're here today, and you, brought, and you drove in just to kind of listen in, right there in your car, right now, why don't you just stop? If you want to, you can stop listening to the rest of the things I say. And make that place in your car a holy sanctuary with you and God and just quietly say to God Jesus I believe in you please forgive me for for my sins and make me a child of God and if you did that please let us know we want to encourage you it's a beautiful thing when the Holy Spirit of God is the greatest influence in a home or in a church or in a culture I have a pastor friend named Clyde Affman he's with the Lord now but he told me that he was at Wealthy Street Baptist Church, Grand Rapids, Michigan, years ago, when a man came from Scotland whose name was Duncan Campbell. And Duncan Campbell was a young man in Scotland when he heard that there was a stirring of revival in the Scottish Hebrides in a little cluster of islands, the largest of which is the island of Lewis, off the northwest corner of the, the coast of northern Scotland. And they heard that there was a stirring of the Holy Spirit in the islands of the Hebrides. And so Duncan Campbell was called there, and he came to participate, and he saw amazing things happen, where before there were a handful of elderly people that were hanging on to their faith and keeping the churches open. There were two elderly women that couldn't go to church. They were in their little cottage by the sea, and they prayed and cried out to God and asked for revival. And God sent revival to Scotland. And then they had a vision. These two women, uh, they had a vision. And the vision was of their, their church. They called it the Church of Our Fathers. But, but in the vision, the church didn't have just a handful of elderly people trying to keep the doors open. 
in the vision these two elderly ladies had, the, 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 the entire church was packed with young people. And this vision came into reality when all of a sudden, all across the island, young people who are devoted to drunkenness and immorality, the Holy Spirit began to sweep over the entire area and young people began to repent and to trust in God. And they left their dance halls and left their bar rooms and they went to the churches and they packed the churches and revival came. And they say that when revival came to the islands of the Hebrides, there were times when people would walk away from church and they couldn't even speak because the sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit was so powerful. And they walk all the way home in silence. They say that often two farmers would go out and they would meet in the field and then wordlessly they would both just take their hats off because there was such a powerful sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Think about this, folks. What, how wonderful would it be if when someone walked into your home, they wanted to take off their shoes and take off their hat because of the sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit? How does that happen? It happens when the people who live there don't yield to the dictates of the flesh, but yield to the wooing of the Holy Spirit, and this people who live there are spirit-filled, then the house is a place where there's a sense of the presence of God. The house is a place where there's the fragrance, the beautiful fragrance of Christ on that house. God's people should deeply long for that. And in these times of quarantine, what a wonderful opportunity we have to bring into our homes the fragrance of the living Christ. Now, one more thing before I quit. This is number three. And that is, number one, don't yield to the desires of the flesh. Number two, yield to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Because when you yield to the impulse of the Holy Spirit, then the Spirit of Christ is on your home. And the third thing is, never quit. I wanted to take you to a passage in chapter 6. We were in chapter 5. But in chapter 6, it, it says, it talks about, it happens to be referring to giving, but it says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. This is chapter 6 there, verse 8. Don't be deceived. God isn't mocked. Whatever a man sows, he'll also reap. In other words, he's saying, if you do good, if you yield to the impulses of the Holy Spirit, God will reward you for this. And then it says, don't be weary. This is chapter 6 and verse 9. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season... You will reap if you don't faint. Now listen, you and I know this. We know how to resist the, the uh, dictates of the flesh. We know how to yield to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. But let's be honest, it's a war and we get tired of it. And there are times there in your home you decide, I'm not going to be tender to my wife anymore. I'm not going to be loving with my wife anymore. I'm not going to be patient with my wife. I'm just tired of it. I'm not going to be pure, and I'm not going to be self-controlled, and I'm not going to be kind, and I'm not going to be generous. I'm just tired of it. And the Bible says the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. And that war is a tiring war. I want to tell you this, as your pastor or as a fellow pastor here, some of you that aren't from the Bethel Church, I want to tell you this. Don't tire of yielding to the impulses of the Spirit, because yielding to the impulses of the Spirit brings life and vitality and the fragrance of Christ to you 
and to your home. The Bible says that a believer, when a person, Jesus said this himself, when a person believes in Jesus out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You don't have to have a beautiful home or an expensive home or a large home to have a home that's fragrant with the Spirit of Christ. I've been in many homes, uh, mobile homes, tiny little modest homes, little apartments, where I had a sense of the presence of the Lord. A few years ago, I was trying, I was attempting to fast for kind of a long time. And when you do that, you, it's not like you don't think about food. You actually have, you think about food. You think about food a lot more than you should. And on this fast, I'm sitting in my chair, and I think um, all of a sudden I had a memory come to my mind. And a memory was of a little gravel road near a little village in central Ohio called Charm, Ohio. And that, that little village, as you go on the way through the Doty Valley there in Holmes County, Ohio, and you make your way toward that little village of Charm, there's a gravel road that goes up to the right. And if you know what you're doing, you follow that gravel road. Because on that gravel road is a little Amish bakery called Miller's Bakery. Are you writing this down? Smart people are writing this down right now. Little bakery called Miller's Bakery. Now, if you go into Miller's Bakery and you look at the, the, the case there in Miller's Bakery, they have every imaginable kind of flavor of fruit cheese tarts. They're amazing. I was sitting in my chair well into this multiple day fast when I began to think about Miller's Bakery. And I began to think about having a cup of black coffee and having one of those cheese tarts or maybe two or three of those cheese tarts from Miller's Bakery. And I groaned and I thought, oh, the long ago and the faraway thoughts. And I made a mental note, go to Miller's Bakery when you're done with this fast and enjoy those pastries. Can I ask you a question? When your children are raised and they move away from your home, will they have long ago and far away thoughts of the flavor of your home in their soul? Will they still, will the fragrance the Christ-like fragrance of the way that you behaved linger so that they literally covet having a home like the home where they were raised, where the fragrance of Jesus permeated the entire house. You remember the story of, of Mary when Jesus came and she broke the alabaster pound of spikenard ointment, 12, 12 or so ounces. And what does the Bible say? It's in John chapter 12 and verse 3. The fragrance filled the entire house. Think about this. We're in our homes together, and it can be a little difficult. Look at it like this. Right now, you have an opportunity to invite the presence, the power, the fullness of the Holy Spirit himself into your home that there would be the fragrance of Christ upon your home. Today, before I send you away, I want to send you away with a blessing. And the blessing comes from a unique place. It's a poem 
written by a man who was from Michigan. His name was Edgar Guest. Before you go today, let me bless you with this poem. God bless this house and all within it. Let no harsh spirit enter in it. Let none approach who would betray, none with a bitter word to say. Shield it from harm and sorrow's sting. Here, let the children's laughter ring. Grant that these friends from year to year shall build their happiest memories here. God bless this house and those who keep it. In the sweet oils of gladness, steep it. Endow these walls with lasting wealth, the light of love, the glow of health, the palm of peace, the charm of mirth, good friends to sit around the hearth. And with each nightfall, perfect rest. Here let them live their happiest. God bless your home. For the glory of God the Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you.